the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Briefcast 19 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. The Briefcast is when I come to you guys solo and frequently I have been coming to you guys by myself without the special teams unit. Eddie Robinson, former NFL linebacker, Biscuit, Jordan Wade, my brother, and of course the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen, maybe even sometimes Kalina. In any case. I say that to say this. Go back and listen to full-fledged episodes if you hadn't had a chance. It's a whole lot of fun. It's uh, all the bells and whistles that I don't always include in the briefcast. And the briefcast, by the way, is sometimes not so brief. But it just alludes to the fact that I'm by myself and I don't do all of the things and all of the segments uh, that we do for full-fledged episodes. Well, coming up this time out, going to talk about, man, the biggest sports story of the year and of the last few years and that's tiger woods and i'll explain why i have a lot i want to say about that going to touch a little bit on the nba playoffs i have a big dummy to give uh, a lamar award a big dummy to uh, recognize we'll do that and of course we'll have music I've said this before. I want you guys to know if you are a fledgling artist, a DJ of any genre, a musician of any genre, if you have some music that is radio edit and you'd like uh, for our audience to be exposed to it, please uh, hit me up. Let me know on social media and we'll get with you so you can send us your music. And just to let you guys know, we'll play a snippet at the halfway point or at some point, and then we'll play the entire track at the end of the briefcast or podcast. And this time out, I am featuring Terry Donald, a gospel artist. And I'll tell you what, she is fantastic. Her husband, Paul, rides hard for the Friday Express. And again, I know I have a national audience, so everybody doesn't know all the things that go on with me. But the Friday Express with Devin Wade is on KTSU 90.9 FM in Houston. And I'm telling you, you cannot have a more dedicated, loyal group of educated musical listeners. Audiophiles is what I, this is the term that I have picked up. It's sort of term of the day. These are folks who just obviously love music. And my TFE family, they love, love their music. And Paul Donald is part of that. And that's it. Terry is his wife. And I'll tell you more about how to hear her. We'll have a snippet coming up at the halfway point and her entire track, Sweeter at the end of this briefcast. Let's start with what's brand new. Now, brand new is a segment where I talk about something that is not necessarily sports related. And if I was going to talk about anything, I guess the most popular thing out there, and I could go politics. And believe me, I can go to deep, dark places of politics. So I try to stay away. I just yell into my pillow and yell at my television from time to time. I don't do it publicly because, again, at this point, people are so polarized. They know who they want to roll with. They know what they like, what they don't like. And so I just decided, I said, let me just pull back from some of that. It, because, again, I, I could go a whole, I could do a whole political podcast, but I would have, uh, I would have to get beeped out quite a bit. <laughs> you can ask my cousins because actually for my birthday weekend, I went into a little bit of a rant while I had, uh, you know, indulged a little bit too much. That's, that's all I'll say about that. But I did the most 
And I, I again, I, I, I escalated really, really quickly. I, don't, I, I didn't know I was going to do that. Uh, but I guess, you know, I had uh, had the, sort of the oil to kind of grease the skids for that kind of emotional outburst. But nonetheless, uh, I, I talk about other things. And if I'm not going to talk about politics, I'm not. Game of Thrones season eight. And I know for some of you people, it's like, what? You too? Yeah, me too. I've been on it. And I'll tell you what, there are parts of it. I'm not a sci-fi guy. There are things about it that I don't really quite get with. And I kind of, you know, I kind of skip over that. The thing that I like is the struggle for power and how people move and how they maneuver and the the political sort of aspects of uh, what happens at King's Landing and and, all of that. But, I mean, it's a show. Look, if you are not on board by now, either you just don't want to get HBO or you don't care because you've heard enough about it. But I'll tell you what, I enjoy it. Not my favorite show of all time. Uh, because again, it killed off some of my characters I really like, and then some of the stuff with the sci-fi stuff, you know, I will tolerate, but it's not my thing. So, what I had a chance to check that out. I don't know what the numbers are going to be from that, but a lot of people are on the bandwagon for Game of Thrones, and yeah, your boy is one of them too. And uh, I tell you what, if even if you don't, even if you do not watch Game of Thrones, it's worth Sunday nights getting on Twitter just to see. Uh, what people are saying, because some of that stuff is just so hilarious. There's a lot of stuff out there on Twitter. I mean, Twitter's just the best. I say it all the time. There's some really creative, funny people who work quickly in sort of talking about uh, providing social commentary through jests and gifts and memes and all those things. So, yeah, uh, yeah, Game of Thrones, I'm on board. I'm trying to figure out. I've not read the books, and I'm not. I'm not going in any chat rooms to figure out what, who's really going to be on the Iron Throne at the end. I'm not that deep with it, but I do have my, my theories. So, and I do have my favorite characters. And I'm afraid to have a favorite character for he or she may get killed. So, we'll have to see what happens with that. But yeah, your boy's on the Game of Thrones GOT. So, check out Twitter. Even if you're not a Game of Thrones fan, you'll, you'll get a kick out of it. If you have a sense of humor at all, you can maybe be able to relate to some of it. And, and probably a lot of it will be over your heads, but it's worth really getting into if you can go back and watch the previous seven seasons, which if you haven't already, it's too late. And if you, you've been away for a while, it's probably worth coming back. It's only five more episodes. So we get through it together. But with that, want to get into some Tiger Woods talk. Now, I have covered sports for over 25 years. Where I've, I've done the Oilers, Rockets, Astros. I've gone to Super Bowls. I've gone to Final Fours. I've done things, championship games. I've done all the championship boxing matches, all of those things. Even the Houston Open here. And few things really get me excited, like teenage excited. And what Tiger did yesterday was so exciting. I'm telling you, it was it was amazing in ways that it's hard to really explain to people who don't golf what this guy has done and how hard it is to do what he's done. And they're calling it the greatest comeback ever in sports history. And I know that there are other people talking about Ali. 
I think this is better than Ali. I think this is way better than Jordan when Jordan came back. Peyton Manning, I know he came back from the neck thing and, and came back to win a Super Bowl, and, and I don't know that was a big deal, and that was good. The only comeback that I could think of that was comparable in sports where a guy was kind of like a laughing stock or totally written off, and, and Tiger, people, I know some people were rooting for him. I guess a lot of people, obviously a lot of people were rooting for him after the response for yesterday, but... I think his life was so totally destroyed and he had to start from the ground up. The only comeback that I think can think of that's better than Tigers, and this is debatable, and you guys can get in on that, and I'll post that on the uh, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page group on Facebook. The only thing that's comparable, I think, is George Foreman. When George Foreman came back, remember, and maybe you don't, when George said he was going to come back, he looked like Curly from the Three Stooges. He was wearing overalls. He was out on the corner preaching. And people just thought he was a, a real joke. And for him to come back and become the heavyweight champion of the world and fight the big fight uh, with Evander Holyfield and, and Ralph Cooper on the, the Houston show on, on KTSU Sports Talk, to, who was really good friends with, with, uh, with George, by the way, uh, he said, well, you know, George wanted his shot at Tyson. He get, did get his shot at, at Holyfield, and Holyfield, you know, handled that. But again, George was George was there, and you felt like maybe just maybe George could land a punch or two and, and maybe turn that thing around. It never happened, and Holyfield is one of all time greats himself, and he was all time great in his prime. But for George to beat Michael Moore and become the heavyweight champion of the world after really becoming a laughing stock, leaving. Uh, the sport of boxing for so long, gaining all, gaining all that that weight, uh, being you know becoming a preacher, and I'm telling you, man, if, if you were here, I mean, it was it was really a, a, like a joke, and I mean, you can go back and find some of the jokes, but I just remember the stories around town of him, you know, saying, "Hey, I'm coming back, I'm going to do this," and for him to come back in life. And with all, you know, to do all that he did, not only with in the ring, but outside of the ring and becoming really just more popular than he was when he was the heavyweight champ in his prime. I think that is a bigger comeback. But aside from that, George didn't have the injuries. So from an injury standpoint, and just from everything about four back surgeries for Tiger Woods, he's had ankle and uh, knee problems, I remember. I think that's correct. I think he had some knee problems as well. A ton of injuries, addicted to pain medication, at least that's what it appeared to be when he was arrested for being under the influence. And a lot of people are talking about his personal life and his adultery and all that. Yeah, that was massive because his life fell apart. But it's not much to talk about on this end of it. Uh, I just think you can kind of lump that part of it in. It was just his life. It was Thanksgiving, uh, what, 2009, I think, is when that happened. And his life just fell apart in a way. I mean, let's put it in perspective. He wasn't homeless. So let's let's chill on that part. But it, it looked like it was over. And this is what I tweeted yesterday. I tweeted, I said he could. I said he would. Now he has. He's won a major. And, I, you know, for me personally, I put this up there with three other or two other predictions that I predicted. I always predicted that Evander Holyfield would beat Mike Tyson whenever they fought. And I wish they would have fought more in their prime than they ended up doing. Uh, but I always said Holyfield was going to whoop Tyson. 
That was right. I won a lot of money on that one. But the big one was when Sugar Ray Leonard came back to fight Marvin Hagler. I told everybody, and I even I was afraid. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I don't know if my boy can do it. But I put my money where my mouth was, and I, and I just really, really believed. I really, really believed that he could do it, and he did it, and it was the greatest thing. And I put what happened yesterday with that. And just I got up at 6.30 Sunday morning so I could be in position to watch because they had to move the start time up early. By now you know that uh, because of inclement weather that was coming into Augusta, Georgia. But I tell you, I didn't miss a shot. And to watch him, I don't think people understand. The thing that I respect, and I try to explain why I like Tiger so much, because I can tell you this. If Tiger and I had gone to school together, we probably wouldn't be boys. We wouldn't be boys. We, we move different, and I don't even know him like that. Or maybe not. M- maybe the old Tiger. Well, I, let me digress. But I don't think that we would be buddies. I, I, he was raised differently. He has different interests. He's just a different type of guy than the kind of guy that would be like my pal, my buddy, or something like that. So yeah, I don't like him from that standpoint. What I like and admire the most about him is the mental concentration, the mental strength, and the will that he has. I can't think of any uh, too many other athletes that I will put in that category. It's just it's preparation and a mental toughness. I mean, for me to sit there and watch that for five hours, it was grueling. But to sit out there and have, I mean, so many times I cringed at, at putts that he was taking. It was just, I don't know how you keep your nerve the way he does in such a situation after all he's been through. I kept thinking as he walked up to 18 and all he needed to do was bogey. If he, if uh, As long as he didn't double bogey, he was going to win. And then he ended up bogeying 18. I think that if Kepka made the, the birdie put on 17, Tiger would approached, uh, would have approached 17 a little bit different and would have been much more aggressive. But I'll tell you this, and, and maybe got a birdie himself on, on 17. It had Kepka done that. But I just I didn't want him to see his kids. I didn't want him to see his mom. I'm like, just concentrate. Because it's like once he got up two strokes on 16, I'm like, it's it's it, on 15. It, it, it's over. It's over. It, it's it's it was an amazing thing to see, and his toughness is just incredible. What what he's able to do and fight through through four back surgeries. Now the tea time for him was a little bit after eight o'clock. A uh, little bit after eight o'clock. Oh no, a little bit after seven o'clock. I think seven thirty Houston time. So eight 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 thirty Augusta time or whatever. And he, they said, well, hey, what, what does your day look like now that you we have an earlier start time? So I'll get up about 3.45, 4 o'clock to get his back in shape and in order and loose so he could go out and perform. And for him to do that, and the there were, there were guys around him. First of all, for Francisco Molinari was incredible until he wasn't. I mean, this guy hadn't had a bogey all week long until – uh, the ninth hole, I think, on uh, uh, maybe in the, on the back nine on, on Sunday. And to overcome that, and Fina, who was playing, who put up a, a, one of the best rounds in Masters history at 64, to get into the final grouping on Sundays, he was good until he kind of, I think around nine, eight or nine is when he kind of fell apart. 
But it, there was Dustin Johnson and there was uh, Day in there. There was Brooks Kepka, who that was the guy I thought would win it. I thought Kepka would be the guy. Matt Kuchar was in the vicinity. Bubba Watson was there. Mickelson was back there somewhere. All of those guys were in this field, and Tiger did it on on the biggest stage in golf at Augusta for the Masters. And, again, it's such a pristine place on television. And I had a, a friend of mine who told me once he'd gone, and he said, man, putting in, at Augusta is like like putting on top of a hood of a car. And But it, it, just to do it there and to do it the way he did it, and, of course, you could talk about the aspect of uh, the, the visual of him hugging his father in 1997 and him hugging his son yesterday. It was it was amazing, an amazing thing to watch. I'm just, it's just incredible because look, I started playing golf right before the Tiger sort of took off. I was a lefty. I was never. I won't even tell you my handicap, I, but I did play a lot for a while. Played a whole lot, and I miss it. I really do miss it. I want to play more. Want to go play yesterday after Tiger. I've been saying it, and one of the parts of it, I, I live in Houston, so from about February to May, you're good to go. Man, I I almost passed out two or three times on Houston golf courses or Houston area golf courses in the summertime. So I said, no, I'm not going to torture myself like that anymore. But, you know, if the weather was nice, if I lived in California, yeah, I would have to play all the time. I mean, I I enjoyed the sport, and I picked it up right before Tiger took off. And he was just – he came on and just opened up that the, the world of golf to audiences that had never even remotely been interested in golf. The video game took off, the, the look, his, his swagger, uh, his excitement, his enthusiasm. I mean, Tiger's that dude. Now, whether you like him personally or not, a lot of people are holding his past against him or saying he's not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They don't want to give him his his uh, his NAACP card. I don't know. I, I've heard a little bit of that. And I've seen some media types kind of reference that a little bit. But for the most part, nothing but love for Tiger Woods. And you have to understand this. I don't care what kind of guy he is. Understand the clubhouses he's have, had to walk through through the years and some of the stuff that he's had to deal with. Even going back, we know about Fuzzy Zeller's comments uh, years ago. And if you don't, Google those. Uh, but, we, I mean, to, to be the only of anything to go into an environment and – and yeah, there were Lee Elders, there were other, uh, you know, pioneers, Calvin Pete and guys uh, before him. But during his era, it was him. It was just him. And he was different. He was young and he was kicking everybody's ass in the game. And I'm telling you, man, this guy is just, he's amazing. So I put Tiger's accomplishments there uh, with George Foreman. But I cannot tell you how enjoyable it was and how exciting because it's just nerve-wracking watching this guy and to be the guy with thousands of people in attendance watching your every movement and millions and millions of people at home watching you you have to block all of that out not to mention your competition as feet a few feet away and, and not getting caught up in what they do and to land the kind of shots and make the kind of shots that he had he made yesterday it was just it was as exciting and fun a thing. And I know some people, if you don't watch golf, you'll never get it. But I'm telling you, it was special. It was as difficult as anything in sports that you can do. I mean, even, you know, they say the hardest thing is to hit a baseball. Okay, well, baseball is bigger. And obviously, it's coming at you. But the bat is bigger, too. 
but you have to have all those mechanics in place and you have to read uh, the environment around you and you have to block everything out over and over and over and over again for 70. What, what did he shoot yesterday? A 67? Uh, uh, what, uh, what I forgot what he shot yesterday, but I'm telling you, man, it was, it was one to behold. And if you had, get a chance to watch a replay, kind of go with it. I mean, just under, and put yourself in that in his shoes for a moment, and it's just it's incredible. It, it is, and so it's, he's worthy of all of that praise. I know moving forward, people talk about well, will he catch uh, Jack Nicholas with uh, with eighteen? He's at fifteen now. I don't care if he does, and I don't. I kind of don't care if he wins another one. He's done enough just by coming back to do this with his body and his the health and his whole life falling apart and. And, you know, the public break breakups and the women coming forward, outing him like that. And, and he looked like he really looked like, yeah, he he, he looked bad. He, he looked bad even among the fellas because I was like, hey, should have talked to Jordan and Barkley, your boys. They could have given you some. I remember saying this on shows, on my Houston show. Hey, man, uh, you know, Earl taught you a lot. He should have taught you about some of this stuff off of the course. So I'll, I'll tell you what, man, it was just I can't say it enough. It was wonderful thing to watch. I was tremendously excited. I know some people are not going to go down this road with me, but he was the dude. So with that, going to take a time out. And as promised, going to hear from our sponsor, Cobank Homes. And I'm also from singer Terry Donald. Now, Terry is T-E-R-R-I-E, Donald. And again, her husband is a diehard Friday Express uh, member. He's part of the TFE family and just supports all things uh, Texas Southern. He's a big TSU guy. He's a big sports talk guy. And she is a wonderful lady. And I tell you what, he came, he, we talked a few years ago about script writers. Uh, and and uh, I think his wife came to a meeting, as I recall. But then she, from whatever else she was doing, she got active and started touring all over the country. She's been performing everywhere. She's doing uh, great work around the country. If you want to follow her, uh, check her out on YouTube, Terry, T-E-R-R-I-E, Donald, and also on Facebook. You can find her. Uh, going to hear Sweeter from her. When we come back on the other side, going to talk about the NBA playoffs, and I have a Lamont Award and a whole lot more. This is Briefcast 19 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on KTSURadio.com, on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. My name is Caleb, and I listen to Sports Talk with Uncle Devon Wade and I too. Father, every day is sweeter than the day I opened up my heart and you came in. My mind and soul are free to accept the 
that you have for me and live. of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And man, that was nice. Now, I don't listen to a lot of gospel music, although I work uh, for a station in which uh, we had the number one gospel programming in the uh, in the entire world on Sundays, KTSU 90.9. If you like gospel music, you can hear it all on KTSU on Sundays. And, of course, Brother Blake's comes your way through the week. So definitely want to check that out if you are in the gospel. I can tell you a story. I won't. I won't that. I don't know if I ever will, but there was a song, Angels Watching Over Me. That got me home one morning. <laughs> Again, I, I want to elaborate because it, it, it shades me in a less flattering light. So I don't, I don't, but I will say that, that, uh, that let me see, what was it about? I got, because I, I went and got it. Angels Watching Over Me. Yes, that that's my, that's my song right there. Never heard it before, but it served its purpose and I knew that I had a guiding hand on the wheel that morning. <laughs> so, and I shouldn't, these things are not funny. It's not funny. So I won't elaborate. So, cause you don't really know what I'm talking about. You, because I'm vague, but anyway, talked about George Foreman you know, on the, the uh, front side of this. And George, uh, had been suffering a, a couple of personal tragedies. His, his daughter, passed away earlier this year just had a fire overnight i don't think it was a big deal at his home i think a golf cart or something caught on fire but he's well nothing burned down and he's all good but still unsettling and again he's he's gone through a lot and with the passing of his daughter but man and i you know i really really like george from afar i'd have he's been around i know i met his brother roy and i've been around but not i never had a chance to have a conversation with him and you know george for as nice and grandfatherly as he is you know he has that he kind of in that way can remind me of uh, uh of my father in that way well you can see just underneath he he has a little he still has a little feist in his little fire a little little, little angry in him uh, so, but i'm just saying he's he's a he seems like a great great a great great guy he's done so much for the city of Houston, around the city of Houston. He just got honored and inducted into the Houston Sports Hall of Fame. So big ups to George Foreman. So also, Jackie Robinson Day. A lot of people say, well, it's tax day. And I don't want to talk about tax day because I'm, I'm like, I don't know if you remember the Billy Preston song, Billy Preston from Houston too, by the way. Uh, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. So yeah, that's that's my that's my theme for taxes. So anyway. Instead of thinking about that, you can think about Jackie Robinson Day uh, where he broke into Major League Baseball. And you talk about another – I mean, he had had – he's had the toughest road in the history. I, I'll put him, Jack Johnson maybe, right in there together. Uh, but I, I think Jack was much more defined. I think having to be passive is the toughest thing in the world that Jackie Robinson had to do. And then, you know, another thing that happened, Hank Aaron, all the stuff that happened to him along the way. But on Twitter, I saw a picture of Jackie Robinson's ball cap from the Brooklyn Dodgers. And what we didn't know was there were still plates 
that were sewn into the cap. But this is before batting helmets. And they were sewn into the cap for people who, uh, who went headhunting against him for being black in baseball. And, and you know, a lot of pitchers went in on him, threw high, and, and not not brushed him back, but went at him. And, and so they uh, sewed those uh, steel plates into his cap. Stuff like that. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And if you don't know... There is a great documentary on him, two-part documentary on Jackie Robinson on PBS. You may be able to find it online. Um, but just, I mean, there's so many stories of what he endured and what he went through and uh, breaking the color barrier in baseball. So happy Jackie Robinson Day. You see a lot of modern uh, major leaguers, black and white, paying homage to uh, number 42. And his numbers retired uh, universally across Major League Baseball. So in that way, I think baseball has done a really good job. I remember reading, meeting his daughter, who, were, who she was down here for one Jackie Robinson day to throw out the first pitch. And uh, Cheryl is her name? Cheryl uh, Robinson, I think, yeah, as I recall. Uh, really nice lady and uh, carried on the legacy. And, of course, his wife, his wonderful wife, uh, Rachel has done a tremendous job of being, uh, you know, that's what you want. You, you, you know, once you're gone for the last 40 years or whatever, she has taken on the task of keeping his name alive and really uh, making sure we don't forget about the struggles of Jackie Robinson and handling and his affairs as far as the things surrounding the celebration of his life and his uh, and the memory of his life uh, in such a graceful way, man. Just, just incredible. I just have so much uh, respect for her. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what you look for. You want somebody, if something happens to me, you want that person that's going to carry on your legacy and say, well, you know what? I'm not going to let him die. I'm going to let, I'm going to tell the stories and I'm going to, uh, with, with grace and, and all sorts of positive energy uh, exude uh, and, and tell his story. And, and man, yeah, great job. So I'm rambling a little bit on that, but I want to talk a little bit about the NBA uh, playoffs got underway and the Eastern Conference is, is really disappointing in that Toronto lost and Philadelphia lost game one. They came back and rebounded in game two, um, but they lost in game one. And so you think, okay, well, everybody keeps saying, well, I think that the Golden State Warriors, their biggest their biggest challenge will come from the Eastern Conference. I think the East, I mean, I guess that's kind of the chic thing to say, well, I, you know, don't worry about the West. It's the Eastern Conference. that's gonna Somebody out of the East is going to give them problems. Oh, man, I don't know. Although Milwaukee was is the truth. So, uh, but aside from, you know, in Boston did their thing, but, uh, I, you know, Philadelphia, Toronto, the Toronto is who I picked. I picked Toronto to go in the East. I think, let's see, uh, Kevin Allen on the Houston show picked Boston, and Ralph Cooper picked the, um, the Milwaukee Bucks So the, for to represent the Eastern Conference. In the West, Rockets did their thing last night, uh, really a barrage of three-pointers in the first half, and then they pulled away later on. Utah hung around for a while, but I don't, it was never in question. Harden did what he had to do. and I, But I just think when you look at what Golden State is doing and has done, just nobody's going to beat that team, man. Look, Steph Curry was making shots that you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe. I mean, just vintage. I, I think we are taking him for granted. And I think we will look back at him like they talk about Pistol Pete Maravich. I think we, we, are, we are really missing how special and how really unconventional his shot making is and just the range and the effortlessness of what he does, man, is incredible. 
And that team, is the, if they stay healthy, now they have the Rockets coming up in the second round and both can continue to win. Ah, man. They, I'm, I'm a Houstonian. I love H-Town. I just, mm, that's going to be a tall order. Did see the whole Patrick Beverly thing where he got into it with uh, with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, but they both got kicked out, and they shouldn't have. But I guess the referees were tired of the shenanigans, so that was that. With that, want to give out a Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. A Lamont Award goes out to the big dummy of the week. And there's a couple of them I've been saving up. And maybe some of them I've gotten away from us. But uh, this week, Philadelphia 76 has got booed at home, disappointed everybody. And one thing that really probably infuriated that crowd uh, today or well uh, tonight was uh, the fact that they got home and saw footage of Amir Johnson on the bench with Joel Embiid looking at his cell phone during the game. Now, you're getting whooped. And not to mention, you're Amir Johnson. <laughs> so you're, and Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid, I'll give, a jo- I'll give him a Joel Embiid pass. So whatever on that. But Amir Johnson, you don't have room to do that, and not in Philadelphia. And those fans, not when you're losing. All of those things are counting against you. You got fined. I don't know what the fine was. I didn't look it up. But I'm telling you what, that was a very, very stupid move to pull out your phone. Come on. Look, it's bad enough that we're heading in this direction. And I'm going to talk more about this because of Cliff Kingsbury. I won't reveal that now, but I'll get into that in later episodes. But I'm telling you what, these cell phones are incredible. These kids walk around like zombies. And, you know, if you want to fight on your hands, if you want to just squabble, if you want to throw hands with a 15-year-old, go up and take their cell phone. Not not to steal, but just say, I'm going to hold your cell phone for the next hour. Oh, yeah, you have a fight on your hands. (laughs) You're going to need a taser. So, I mean, it's bad enough that we can't. And I'm guilty, too. I am I'm not as guilty because, you know, I'm pre-cell phone. So, I mean, I'm old enough to remember uh, when we had a house phone and only a house phone. And I had a pager. We were talking about pages the other day. And my little girlfriend at the time would page me in a little code because, you know, no words. So she would page me in a little code to let, let me know she loved me. It, it was it was a cute era. But these kids now are so addicted to these phones. And, and not and adults, too, for that matter. Millennials or Generation wise, whatever they call themselves, but but to do this in a game, understand this: you can pay millions of dollars. Even Amir Johnson, I don't know what his his, his his number is, but he's getting paid millions of dollars. Your gig is like three hours long, bro. Put it away, man. That's the reason why you. And they said, well, uh, Joel and B said that you know his daughter was really sick. Well, I. I I didn't hear much more about that. I don't know, you know, whatever the circumstances were about that, but it's a better way to handle that than to look at your phone on the bench. And for that, Amir Johnson and Joe L and B, for that matter, you are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> With that, gonna wrap this episode up. But before I let go. Before I let go, we're going to put some uh, poll questions out there uh, for you on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast and um, on the no the, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. I'm going to put a poll question up on that. want to remind you, you can reach me on Twitter at Wade's Word 
on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, dwade909. I, I rarely post, but I'm going to post more. dwade909. And remember, please comment, like, subscribe, tell your friends. We continue to grow and get bigger and better, and I certainly appreciate that. And before I go, uh, the general manager, my guy, the guy that really gave me the first opportunity to have a sports talk show, George Thomas passed away of pancreatic cancer after a really brief illness, uh, to my knowledge. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to him, but he gave me an opportunity when he took over um, with the passing of, of Vince Kennedy. I was able to move into the booth to cover Texas Southern football because of George. And uh, George took care of us when we were on the road. And he gave me an opportunity. I went in with this long presentation to give him about doing a sports talk show. And my brother, Biscuit, put together a PowerPoint for me. We were going to do all this. And I did this elaborate presentation. And he was like, well, look, we were gonna, I don't know what you did all that for. We were going to do a sports talk show anyway. But he gave me my first shot. And I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if not for George Thomas. I mean, there are a number of people who go into that. But George Thomas, uh, my boss, uh, the general manager, KTSU, uh, he gave me my opportunity. And uh, I'll be forever grateful to him for that. And I really appreciate it, uh, what he did. But he passed away, so I want to uh, give out a big salute uh, to George Thomas. May he rest in peace, man. And, uh, again, Big, big time supporter of uh, Devin Wade, and I really appreciate that. With that, getting out of here, again, uh, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, KTSU Radio. If you're experiencing problems on TuneIn, we'll work that out. I'm working on them. I don't know what that is, and we may be on Spotify here real soon as well. But in any case, please continue to spread the word. Tell your friends. Thank you so, so much. And as always, have a great day. Every day is sweeter than the day I opened up my heart and you came in. My mind and soul are free to accept those things that you have for me and live. to give in I felt that I would never win but you promised that you would never leave me and I know your love is your love is sweeter than the day before God's love is overflowing my heart has been restored he gave me brand new grace and mercy and he filled my on his mind he knew me when I wasn't right when every day was a constant fight to breathe just to breathe trusting in someone I never seen to have complete control of me 
the hardest part is just letting go So glad he has patience to keep me And I know his love is God's love is sweeter than the day before God's love is overflowing My life has been restored He gave me brand new grace and mercy And He filled my heart with joy The root of my salvation He gives me all I need and more God's love is Sweeter than the day before Just in time, even when giving up was still on my mind. How he loves me, and he cares for me. Now my life is that much sweeter, and he fills my heart with joy. The root of my salvation. And no